This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we continue a theme that we started yesterday. And that theme is the pleasure of God and how we can bring pleasure to the heart of God. And to review, what we started with yesterday was reading Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So we have been predestined to become adopted as sons because it was the kind intention of his will. It was the good pleasure of his will. And that is one of the important things that God does to fulfill his will. We then looked at Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10. If you have your Bibles, turn with us. Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10. Remember the the former things of old. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Powerful verses and it should build a confidence in us that God does things, sometimes we might not understand it, but whatever he does is for his pleasure. And we see that in Hebrew, the word pleasure or pleasing can be uh, called desire, delight. It's really a positive attraction for something or for someone. We read in Psalm 149, verse 4, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. We also looked at verse... um, 21 in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message to save those who believe. So God's pleasure is one of the motives that he does things. And again, finally in Luke chapter 12, verse 32, do not fear little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In Greek, The word for pleasure can be translated agreeable or acceptable. So we see, June, throughout the scripture, God does things and desires us to do things that will 
be pleasing in his sight. We saw in Psalm 69, beginning at verse 20, 29 through 33, but I am afflicted and in pain. May your salvation, O God, set me securely on high. I will praise the name of the Lord with song and magnify him with thanksgiving. And it will please the Lord better than an ox or a young bull with horns and hoofs. The humble have seen it and are glad. You who seek God, let your heart revive, for the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his who are prisoners. So if you're feeling needy today, if you're afflicted and in pain, remember to magnify the Lord with thanksgiving and to sing praises to him that somehow it's uh, uh, better for us, but it's a pleasure to him because of what it means for us when we do that, because it's totally against what we feel or what we would choose to do in a situation like that. It takes being born again and having the life of the Messiah in us to be able to live when we are in pain and afflicted and we choose to magnify the Lord with thanksgiving and to praise the name of the Lord with song. You know, Junie, it speaks to me that we could always do something. We can also we can always provide an offering. But what I see in uh, these verses is that what we are is more desirable to God. In other words, if we praise him and magnify him, that's an expression of our hearts toward God rather than doing some external thing. And God is always looking for what we are. And then what we do comes out of who we are. So the powerful scriptures. Well, we could also see the difference between humanism and one allowing the Messiah to live his life in and through us, which is why Jesus came, because it's pleasing to God that he would transform us and change us and share his life with us. So humanism would do what looks right or say what sounds right, or even this radio program, what is our heart in doing it? Are we being pleasing to God? Or the listener's heart? Does the listener want to um, find something in the Lord and be pleasing to the Lord by thanking him and singing praises to him, even in a situation that they feel afflicted in? So uh, God sees our heart, and he gives ears to us. And even as the verse I just read said, the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his who are prisoners. Powerful, powerful words. All right, let's go on. There's a number of verses. We're not going to repeat them today, Junie. In the Gospel of John where John says, uh, where Jesus says, for I do always those things that please him. And I believe one of the most important things we could do is to do exactly what Jesus did to please him by doing the will of God. All right, let's go on to Galatians chapter one, verse 10. 
For I, for do I now persuade men or God? This, of course, is Paul speaking. Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So what a contrast we could see here, Junie. And the question we need to ask ourselves, who is freer or who is walking in the liberty of the spirit? One who is seeking his own pleasure or one who becomes a bondservant of the most high God? And I really believe that we're freer when we become a bondservant of the most high God and please God and not please men. Well, it's an interesting thought then, Shelley, because even this radio program uh, or anything God calls us to do, are we um, rejoicing and are we understanding and seeing the privilege that God has given us with being able to share his word? And for our listeners, uh, when you go shopping or go to work or go to school or drive in your car, are you thankful that the life of the Messiah is within you and that there's purpose that he has for your life? Are you desiring to be pleasing to him and give thanks and worship him and praise him? Or for you and me, Shelley, or all listeners, does our flesh take over? And do we do things with a grumbling heart and in a wrong attitude? And that causes the Lord grief because he knows that we are not revived. We are not living out of his life because his life always did the will of the Father and the life of Christ when he walked the earth always brought pleasure Amen. to his father. Well, turn with us to 1 Kings chapter 3. This is a, a biblical example of how we can please God. 1 Kings chapter 3, beginning at verse 5. This is a story about Solomon. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, Ask what you wish me to give you. Then Solomon said, Thou hast shown great loving kindness to thy servant David my father, according as he walked before thee in truth and righteousness. And thou hast reserved for him this great loving kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king in place of my father David. Yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen, a great people who cannot be numbered or counted for multitude. So give thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, to discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of thine? And it was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, Because you have asked this thing, and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart, so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one like you arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there will not be any among the kings like you all days, like all your days. And if you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and commandments, as your father David walked, then I will prolong your days. To me, Junie, this is such an incredible, powerful prayer that Solomon offered up. And remember, God said to him, ask what you wish that I should give you. And he didn't ask something for personal gain, but he asked something that we should all ask for. 
He said in verse 9, Give thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, to discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of thine? I also see in this humility. He recognized that he had no ability to be king, and yet he asked for that wisdom and uh, the wherewithal to be the king in Israel. And again, the lesson we learn here is are we asking God for things that will please us or are we asking a God that will please him? In other words, in order to be king, he needed the wisdom of God. And I think what it means for us today is um, are we living for ourselves or are we living for the Lord and foreseeing his kingdom come and his will be done in earth, in our life, through our life, and for his kingdom. And uh, I think we really need to do a check in our own hearts to see if we're trusting the Lord. Solomon trusted the Lord for that wisdom. And uh, God honored Solomon in that, in a question and in things that People could not answer. God gave Solomon wisdom. So, Lord, I really do pray that you would give us wisdom. You would give us a desire to worship you and praise you in affliction and thank you. You would give us a desire to praise your holy name and never to be ashamed of it. Thank you, Lord. And, Lord, we thank you for the example that Solomon gives us all to please you by doing your will. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.